Welcome to Zikhu Daf Siman Member Abraham Goldai and today we're Megillah Daf Yud, the first parak Megillah Nikris. The Zikhu Mezegz Megillah program has been generously sponsored by the Queen's Zikhu Chabura. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Mishnah on the bottom of Daf Tesla base identified differences between Mishkan Shiloh and the base of Migdash. It concludes on this Daf, Kedusha Shiloh Achareh Heter, the Kedusha of Shiloh has a Heter after it, which Rashi explains means that after its destruction, Bamos were permitted again. The Kedusha Yushalayim ain't Achareh Heter, whereas the Kedusha Yushalayim has no Heter after it, meaning after its destruction, Bamos are still prohibited. The Gemara brings Rabbi Yitzhak who said, Shemati I heard that one may bring offerings in the Temple of Chonyo nowadays, since the base of Mikdash is destroyed. Chonyo was Shemnat Tzadik's son, who was chosen as his successor, but was forced to flee to Alexandria in Egypt, where he eventually built a temple and brought offerings. There's a Malchus denying whether base Chonyo was used for serving a Kushbarhu or for a Vodazorah. Rabbi Yitzhak holds like those that was not a base of Vodazorah, and he also holds Kedush Rishon Kichlo Shaita, or Kichlo Asilavo, that the initial sanctification of Yishalayim and the base of Migdash was for as long as the temple stood, but not a Kedusha for all future times. Rabbi Yitzhak eventually retracts his opinion based in part on our Mishnah, that there was no Heter Bamos after the destruction of the base of Migdash. And the Gemara will show that, in fact, there is a Malchus whether the initial Kedusha ended with the temple's destruction. Point number two, the Gemara brings a principle based on the opening Pasuk in the Megillah, which states, and it was in the days of Achishverosh. Rabbi Levi said, and according to others, it was Rabbi Yonason who said, The following is a Masor in our hands from the Anshikanesses Gadoah. Any place where the term Vayehi is mentioned in Tanakh, it's nothing but an indicator that what is about to come is painful. The Gemara Dav Yudalf Amadalf explains that Vayehi is a combination of Vay, meaning woe, and He, meaning mourning. The Gemara brings numerous examples of this. And it was in the days of Achishverosh. There was Haman. And it was in the days when the judges judged. There was a famine. When the Gemara challenges this rule by bringing instances, when Vayihi introduces a positive situation, the rules revise that wherever the phrase Vayihi may, and it was in the days is used, that a painful episode is being introduced. And point me through, the Gemara now brings 18 examples of how various Chachamim opened their Shu'urim on the Megillah using certain Psukim as an introduction. Rabbi Yonason opened his Shur with the following Pasuk. For I will rise up against them and cut them off from Babel, name, relative, offspring, and descendant, says Hashem. Shame, name, Zehaksav. This refers to abolishing the Babylonian script. She'er, relative, refers to their language disappearing. Nin, offspring, refers to their kingdom. The Nechad and descent refers to Vashti, who was a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission on the bottom of the on the base identified differences between Mishkan Shiwo and the base of Migdash. It concludes on this stuff, Kedusha's Shiwo Akarea Heter. The Kedusha of Shiwo has a Heter after, which Russia explains means that after its destruction, Bamos were permitted again. Whereas the Kedusha of Yushalayim has no heter after it, meaning after its destruction, Bamos are still prohibited. The Gemara brings Rabbi Yitzhak who said, I heard that one may bring offerings in the Temple of Chonyo nowadays, since the base of Mikdash is destroyed. Chonyo was Shimon son, who was chosen as his successor, but was forced to flee to Alexandria in Egypt, where he eventually built a temple and brought offerings. There's a Malchokas denying whether base Chonyo was used for serving a Kosh or for a Vodazora. Rabbi Yitzhak holds like those that it was not a base of Vodazora, and he also holds, that the initial sanctification of Yishalayim and the base of Migdash 
was for as long as the temple stood, but not a Kedusha for all future time. Rabbi Yitzhak eventually retracts his opinion based in part on our Mishnah, that there was no Heter Bamos after the destruction of the base of Migdash, and the Gemara will show that, in fact, there is a Malchokas whether the initial Kedusha ended with the temple's destruction. Point number two, the Gemara brings a principle based on the opening Pasuk in the Megillah, which states, and it was in the days of Achishverosh. Rabbi Levi said, and according to others, it was Rabbi Yonason who said, the fong is a masor in our hands from the Anshekanesses of Gadola. Any place where the term Vayihi is mentioned in Tanakh, it's nothing but an indicator that what is about to come is painful. The Gemara in Daf Yudolf Amadolf explains that Vayihi is a combination of Vay, meaning woe, and He, meaning mourning. The Gemara brings numerous examples of this. Vayihi be Meachashverosh, and it was in the days of Achashverosh, Hava Haman, there was Haman. And it was in the days when the judges judged, there was a famine. When the Gemara challenges this rule by bringing instances, when Vayihi introduces a positive situation, the rules provide that wherever the phrase Vayihi be made, and it was in the days, is used, that a painful episode is being introduced. And point number three, the Gemara now brings 18 examples how various Chochamim opened their Shi'urim on the Megillah using certain Psukim as an introduction. Opened his year with the following Pasik. Vakamti Alehem, Vikrati Lababu Shame, Vesher, Venin, Venechad Numashem. For I will rise up against him and cut them off from Babel, name, relative, offspring, and descendant, says Hashem. Shame, name, Zehaksav, this refers to abolishing the Babylonian script. She'er, relative, refers to their language disappearing. Nin, offspring, refers to their kingdom. Venechad and descendant refers to Vashti, who is the descendant of Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so now we go to our Simon Daf Yud, and our standard Simon is a minion of Yidin. A minion of Yidin. So here goes. The minion of Yidin gathered for the Megillah reading in an ancient temple in Alexandria just got out the first two words of Vayibimei, when a painting of the ancient kingdom of Babylon fell to the floor with a dead queen in the picture. Once again, it's a motion. The minion of Yidin, minion of Yidin, that must more on Daf Yud. The minion of Yidin gathered for the Megillah reading in an ancient temple in Alexandria, which reminds us, which reminds us, the mission state that the Kedusha of Shiloh has a heter after it, which means that after its destruction, Bamos were permitted again, whereas the Kedusha of Shalim has no permit after it, meaning after its destruction, Bamos are still prohibited. The Gemara brings Rabbi Yitzchak, who said that he heard that one may bring offerings in the Temple of Chonyo nowadays, since the base of Mikdash is destroyed. Rabbi Yitzchak holds like those that base Chonyo was not a base of Odazora, and he also holds that the initial sanctification of Shalim and the base of Mikdash was for as long as the Temple stood, but not a Kedusha for all future time. But Rabbi Yitzchak eventually retracted his opinion based in part because of the Mishnah. So the minion of Yidin gathered from the Gil reading in an ancient temple in Alexandria just got out the first two words of Vayihibimei, which reminds us, the Gemara brings a principle based on the opening Pasuk in the Megillah, that wherever the phrase Vayihibimei, and it was in the days, is used, that a painful episode is being introduced. So, the minion of Yin gathered from the Megillah reading in an ancient temple in Alexandria, just got out the first two words of Vayihibimei, when a painting of the ancient kingdom of Babylon fell to the floor with a dead queen. In the picture, which reminds us, Rabbi Yonasan opened his shir on the Megillah with the following pasuk: "But kamti alem hikrati lebavo shem v'sher v'nin menechet nu mashem." For I will rise up against them and cut them off from bavo, name, relative, offspring, and descendants. Says Hashem. Name zeaksav. This refers to abolishing the Babylonian script. Relative refers to their language disappearing. Offspring refers to their kingdom. V'nechet and descendant refers to Vashti, who is a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar. So once again, the minion of Yidin gathered for the Megillah reading in an ancient temple in Alexandria, 
just got out the first two words of Vayibi May, when a painting the ancient kingdom of Babylon fell to the floor with a dead queen in the picture. All right, now it's time for a four blah back Hazara. Dav Vav. So the symbol Dav Vav is a sword. So here goes. The warriors from the fortified cities of Kinaris and Rakas that went out with swords. Swords? That must be more on Dav Vav. The warriors from the fortified cities of Kinaris and Rakas that went out with swords with handles shaped by XP fruit and pomegranates, which reminds us that the Gemara identifies the various fortress cities listed in Savior Yeshua and explains the names given. Kinaris is Guinnessar, and why was it called Kinaris? Because its fruit are as sweet as the sound of a kinor, a harp. And Tiberia was called Rakas, according to one opinion, Shafil Rekan Shabbat, because even the empty ones who live there are as full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate is full of seeds. So, the warriors from the fortified cities of Kinaris and Rakas that went out with swords with handles shaped like sweet fruit and pomegranates, defeated the many chiefs of Edom, which reminds us, Yaakov Yuna said before Gushbarchu, Rebonishalom, do not give Esav Arashi his heart's desires and do not remove his ring, which refers to Gamamia Shal Edom, for if they were to go out, they would destroy the entire world. There are 300 crown princes in Gamamia of Edom and there are 365 chiefs in Rome. So, the warriors from the fortified cities of Kinaris and Rakas that went out with swords with handles shaped like sweet fruit and pomegranates defeated the many chiefs of Edom and marched home chanting the Yigati Masasi victory song, which reminds us, if someone says, Yigati Masasi Tame, I put effort in and I did succeed, believe him. This applies to Lima Torah of Abamas Matan Siyata Humin Shemaya. When it comes to business, one's success is dependent on Siyata Shemaya, and even with regard to Lima Torah, this was not said, except in regard to sharpening one's understanding. But in regard to remembering one's learning, that is dependent on Siyata Shemaya. Dav Zayn. So the symbol Dav Zayn is a gun because Clay Zayn is a weapon. So we use a gun. So here goes. The armed guards with machine guns. Guns? That must be one Dav Zayn. Clay Zayn. The armed guards with machine guns protecting the general who is writing his fourth book about his famous battle, which reminds us that Esther sent to the Chamim, Kibuni Odors or Kisbuni Odors, write me, referring to the story of Purim for generations, and that they were reluctant to do so because the Pusik refers to the Battle of Amalek being written only three times until they learned the Pusik. Ksov Zos Zikarm Sefer write this as a memorial in a Sefer in which they darsh an allusion to the Battle of Amalek being written a fourth time. So the armed guards with machine guns who protecting the general who was writing his fourth book about his famous battle didn't know he could read their minds that they were plotting against him. Which reminds us that the Tanaim held Esther Baruch HaKodesh Namra. Miguel's Esther was written with Ruch HaKodesh since there are things written that no one could have known about such as Mordecai knowing about Big Son and Serish's plot to assassinate Achishverosh. Shmuel said that if he had been present when the Tanaim presented their pesukim, he would have bested them all, and said that it says in the Pasuk, Kimu v'kibu, they establish and accept, which means, Kimu l'mala mashikibu l'mata. They confirmed above in the basin Shomala what the Jews accepted down below, referring to the reading of the Megillah. The Gemara continues by showing that each of the Tanaim sources are not conclusive. So, the armed guards with machine guns protecting the general, who was writing his fourth book about his famous battle, didn't know he could read their minds when they were plotting against him, and that he could become quite dangerous when he got drunk. Which reminds us, Rabbi said, Mechai vini one is high to get drunk with wine on Purim, Adul Yadabin Arahaman will bark Mordechai, until he doesn't know the difference between cursed as Haman and blessed as Mordechai. And the Gemara brings the mice of Rabbi Shechni and Rabbi Zerah at a Suda when they both became drunk. Davches, so the simmer Davches is Chala. So here goes. The baker, baker, chala, that must be more on Dav Ches. The baker closed his shop to shoulder his responsibility 
to bring up a replacement for his nadir, which reminds us that the Mishnah stated that there's no difference between Nadarim and Nadavas, except in the case of Nadarim, one is responsible for the meaning that in the event that the animal is set aside as a carbon dies or becomes lost, the person is liable to bring another one in its place. And in the case of Nadavos, one is not responsible for them. This is going from the word Allah in the Pasuk. Rabbi Yitzhak Bravdimi said, since he said Allah upon me, it says if he said, the burden of responsibility is on his shoulders. So the baker closed his shop to shoulder his responsibility to bring up a replacement for his nether, as well as a pair of birds were becoming a zav with three emissions, which reminds us the third mission states, There's no difference between a zav who sees two missions and a zav who sees three missions, except for the chiv to bring a carbon. A zav who must bring a pair of bird offerings after counting seven clean days. The Pasuk mentions two emissions and calls a person Tame, and it mentions three emissions and calls a person Tame. So if he's already Tame after two emissions, why is it necessary to call him Tame after three emissions? The Gemara answers, Shtayim with Tuma, Vishol, Shakarban. This teaches that the two emissions make him Tame, whereas the three emissions make him Chayib in the carbon. So the baker closed his shop to shoulder his responsibility to bring up a replacement for his nadir, as well as a pair of birds for becoming a Zub with three emissions didn't forget to send a get-well challah to his Matsura Mukhat friend with long hair and torn garments, which reminds us that the fourth mission teaches that the only difference between a Matsura Muskar, a confined Matsura, and a Matsura Mukhat, a confirmed Matsura, is Priya Ufrima, letting his hair grow and rending his garments. Rabbi says that the source of the distinction that a Matsura Muskar is Pater from both is derived from the Pasuk that states, Matsarua Asher Bohanega, and the Tzrua that is in him the affliction, his garment shall be torn and the hair of his head shall be uncut. This implies Misha Sarasa Tkuyibagufo, that only the one whose Saras is in his body and therefore requires healing is required to tear his clothing and grow his hair long. Daftes, so the simmer Daftes is a teapot. So here goes. The 72 cups of tea, tea, that must be wrong, Daftes, teapot. The 72 cups of tea served to 72 rabbis in separate rooms, which reminds us it was only permitted to write a safer Torah in Greek because of the incident with Talmud HaMelech when he put the 72 Zikanim in 72 separate rooms to translate the Torah into Greek. So, the 72 cups of tea served to 72 rabbis in separate rooms were filled from a huge teapot in a tent with beautiful Greek writing on it, which reminds us that Rabbi Yochanan said that Rishim Gamaliel's reason for permitting the Torah to be written in Greek and not in any other language is based on the Pasuk that states, Yaftel Kimo Yafes V'yishkom Shem. May Shem expand Yefes and he will dwell in the tents of shame. This means, The words of Yefes, referring to his language, shall be in the tents of shame. So, the 72 cups of tea served to 72 rabbis in separate rooms were filled from a huge teapot in a tent with beautiful Greek writing on it by a high priest with anointing oil on his head who knew if he made him follow one wrong psaac, he'd have to offer up his prize book. Which reminds the next mission states there's no difference between the Kohen Gadol anointed with the Shem and a Mishcha and the Kohen Gadol invested through the wearing of additional begadim, except the bull that comes for all the mitzvahs. Rashi explains that the Kohen Gadol that was anointed who then airs him psaac in halacha where the punishment is karis when dumb amazed and then acts in accordance with his wrong psaac, he must bring a bull as a chattas. And the more infers from here when it comes to the par yom kippurim in the series eifa, both the anointed kohen gadol and the kohen gadol invested by the additional begadim are identical in that these offerings apply to both. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Vram Golden Zichur wishing a great day and great learning.